0: Hey everyone, welcome to Scribe Book School, where you're gonna learn everything you need to know about how to write, publish, and market your book. Today's episode is a special one where my colleague Hal Clifford and I will be taking questions from authors who are writing their memoirs. Hal is the editor-in-chief at Scribe, and he's been writing and editing for over 40 years. He's worked on New York Times bestsellers like David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me, which is one of the best-selling memoirs of all time. He's worked on Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestsellers, and he's written three of his own books. And of course, my name is Charlie Hone. I've worked with several New York Times bestselling authors myself, and I've written a self-published memoir called Play It Away that sold about 20,000 copies. So if you're writing a memoir and you need some guidance, this is the episode for you. And uh can speak up are you are you on? Yes Casey. excellent. yeah, t- <laughs> is it Stefan or Stefan? Stefan Stefan, welcome, yeah. thank you for being thank on you. today.
1: Um, so I've written several
0: I guess short stories,
1: memoirs of of you know, of episodes of my adult life, you know, and of varying lengths. And I'm looking for a way to kind of weave them together. and I wonder if I should worry about that now or just write more stories. And define that thing where that theme or um, what comes out of that. And any suggestion about how to sort of plan out this, you know, with, with that outline. Because I'm thinking in terms of particular stories, but not in terms of chapter and so forth.
2: You know, one of the themes that we've talked about today is that particularly in memoir, writing is really exploratory. Like the outline is, we are outline here is really light in terms of its structure. So my, my first instinct here is to like, tell you what's working for you, but I tell you to do what's working for you, right? Like if you want to keep writing these stories that seem uh, disjointed or, or not fully connected and see if you can find your theme. Yeah. Give it a try. Recognize that you may then at some point set that aside and and start fresh on a full draft. Right. But that may just be part of your process.
1: Okay. And then um, all I've done with this is sometimes read them at, you know, writing groups. Is there, I guess one is there, I guess there is a market, but I don't know what about uh, for getting like short stories, short memoir stories published. And does that work for you or against you if you eventually want to publish this as a novel, you know, a book length memoir?
2: Well, So my advice to anybody who asks this question is going to be just write for yourself right now. And don't worry about those questions. They can really be impediments to getting your writing done, like trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate the market and what's the right title. And honestly, Stefan, I would just write. And um, when you have great stories, then you can think about where to publish them. And I'll be frank. Like I honestly don't know Mm -hmm. um, enough about that market to be able to get Give you an intelligent okay. answer. Okay,
1: because I always thinking of the opposite of that. Like I think I have some good stuff, and if I actually got that external validation, just even I don't know, a literary magazine a mag, uh, or something like that, or online, but someone else, then I would I would actually have more motivation to write. Because I've written a lot of stuff and not done anything with it. I mean, it's helped me. I, I no, no regrets. I, I I advise everyone to write their bios, write their journal journals, memoirs. But um, I like to do something of it, even in the short term, before I have a, a book out there, I guess.
2: Yeah. First, a great story. Then go from there. Okay.
0: All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. So let's do...
2: I actually want to respond to a comment here. Someone was commenting while Stefan and I were talking about the New Yorker publishes some really nice stuff. Yes, the New Yorker does publish really nice stuff. To be really frank, it'll be almost impossible for you guys to get in there, right? That is like the highest level of of fiction writing in in the country in terms of publication. So um, great if you can get yourself published, don't aim for the New Yorker. (laughs) It's basically impossible.
0: Yeah. And also like, I wouldn't even be thinking about any of that stuff. Yeah, if don't. you're tackling a memoir, like if if you really want the validation aspect that Stefan was talking about, like post the, the core concept on Medium or your blog or something and just gauge the response. Uh, if if that's really important to you. I mean, that's that's how I ended up writing play it away. It started with an essay that blew up. Um so But I wouldn't even be thinking that far ahead for a memoir. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's potentially just really uh, you're creating reasons not to write. Yeah. Charlie, got anybody else?
0: Yeah, let's try Christian one more time. Hopefully, he can get his mic up and running this this go round. Or I actually I accidentally I believe it looks like Annie or Annie. Sorry. uh, Yeah, things. Annie jumped right as I was clicking the button. So. Uh, we'll do, we'll do Annie or Ani. Hello. Hello. No, they usually unmutes on their end. Well, that's also not working. So we'll jump to Christian again. Third time's the charm. I hope. Yep.
3: Hey, how are you? Cool. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I just had a question or kind of your thoughts on having a memoir with mixed media in it where I have some poems that are like relevant to the specific stories I want to include or photographs from the, uh, whether the trips to different parts of the Philippines and the reflections on that or writing a story of that. What's your thought on that? That's great.
2: Yeah. that's that's the best way you can express what you want to express and find your truth great
0: pictures make it even more real
3: yeah Um, and also kind of uh, I know uh, Tucker spoke on the difference between the knowledge share and the memoir and there have been maybe a few I believe Hal was saying that David Goggins was kind of a nice mix a little bit between that uh, do you see it as a detriment to have some form of that sharing like the knowledge sharing in a memoir? Where does a line cross where you don't really want to do that for the memoir?
2: Yeah, we've seen a lot of variations on this question in the last three days like where and the and the the straight answer is there is no bright line except. I should walk that back because I would say a memoir, if you're truly writing memoir, you're not trying to teach anything. You're just writing for yourself. People may learn something from it, but you're not trying to specifically teach. If you think you want to teach something, then you really are in knowledge share. Even if your book is 90% your own experience, which is what Goggins was. You know, Goggins' book is really, it's, it's his story. But then at the end of certain chapters, he would essentially turn to the reader and say, so that's what I did. What are you going to do? You know, what's your challenge? How are you going to step up? And um, and he would he didn't lay out necessarily prescriptions, but really almost more kind of in your face challenges to people. That was, it was an intriguing approach. I haven't seen it very often and I wouldn't necessarily try to emulate it.
3: OK,
0: is that good, Christian?
3: Yes, thank you. Also, just quick, I just want to give my appreciation. I know Tucker was doing a lot of the instructions, but I did appreciate all the support staff and all the work y'all are doing to put this out for free. And it's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. you got it's it, Christian. Of, yeah, really
2: fun to see all of you guys participating and, and enjoying it. We're all getting a lot out of it on our end, too.
0: Awesome. So thank you, Christian. So I want to, um, since we have Hal, on the line, I do want uh, last to ask, one standing. <laughs> I want <laughs> I want to ask uh, a question of you. You're in a very unique position where you were the editor for a book that has been in the top five most read and most sold over the last year. David Goggins, can you talk a little bit about that experience and how it pertains to some of the things that we learned today?
2: Well, so first off, to clarify, like David came to us with a with a largely finished manuscript, so we did not help him write it, but we did work with him on editing it and it was it was well written it was well polished so my role as his editor um i had i took a relatively light hand, as I said because it was in such good shape, but it was to really try to inhabit the reader's point of view and to give him like uh, some emotional feedback is a very emotional book. And to so say, like, wow, I'm feeling this here, I'm feeling this here, because you he was taking us on an emotional journey. That's what a good book does, a good memoir. And then there were places where I pushed him for more, which is a typical role that an editor does, is tell me more, go deeper, what did this mean? Um, I don't understand. A lot of what an editor is doing is is giving you another set of eyes to see what you can't see because you're too close to the book. That's probably the most succinct definition of an editor's work. And that with David, that's really what i say the most useful thing that I did.
0: What, it, what about his book can, what traits of his book can listeners keep in mind as they work on their memoirs? Because his truly is like one of the greatest memoirs arguably ever written. So what, what did you see in his writing that others can apply to theirs?
2: The thing you are most afraid to write about is the thing you have to write about. If you don't want to write about it, if you don't want to talk about it, if you don't want to stand in that truth, then you are shying away from the thing that makes your book most powerful. David had a truly, truly horrible childhood, and he wrote very, very honestly about it and um and then he was incredibly hard on himself and his life, and he was really honest about that. If that honesty hadn't been in there the the book is nothing. and um you know, I like to think of uh, one of my favorite memoirs is Wild and uh, Cheryl Strayed, did the same thing. She wrote about her heroin addiction in a really raw way. She wrote about sexual desire in a really honest way, um, where she clearly was like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm going to write this because it's my truth. And that's why those books are so good. In both those cases, you know, Cheryl Strait hikes the Pacific trail, David goes and does these amazing physical feats of endurance there certainly is an armature that, that makes their stories interesting, but what makes them work is that deep, deep honesty. And that's what so much of what we've been talking about today is why Tucker pushes so hard on this stuff, because you can tell a story that's boring or you can tell a story that really connects and the connecting part is hard, but it's what you have to do if you want your memoir to be good.
0: Really good. Thank you, Hal. And I, it's, It makes perfect sense that David was able to go as deep as he did because of his philosophy of like overriding the governor of pain. (laughs) He was able to apply that to writing a book. It's amazing. So um, we have a hand raised from Roy. Roy, can you hear us, sir? Are you on? Check, check, Roy. You're looking muted. You need to unmute I'm, yourself. I'm trying to unmute. Yeah. And it's not, it's not working. It must not work if they, oh, can you hear us, Roy? I can hear you,
4: but can you hear me? Now yes. we
0: can. Yes. Oh, good. I, um,
4: I have finished what is a self-help book, but it has a, uh, a good part of it is memoir. Kind of like failure to success and something that really helped me. The challenge I've got, especially hearing from a, pretty well-known author in this area um alan hardy who told me unknowns like you now this was a helpful comment but unknowns like you rarely get read so my concern is about uh marketing or if you don't discuss you want to discuss that now because we're not talking about marketing it's well down the road um where should i turn to learn a little bit about that We have, Charlie,
2: help me out here. We have the marketing school up, right? Is that available for people?
0: Yeah, Uh, Taylor, are you still on? If you are, would you please post a link to our marketing course where we go in deep depth on every marketing angle you could possibly take and show you tactically step-by-step how you can accomplish the marketing goals that you want to accomplish. Tucker talked about this. A bit over the past few days, but it's a really important point, which is a book is a marketing tool. It is not the thing that you market. So you are not usually, unless you're a fiction writer, in um, you're you're not trying to market your book to sell a bunch of copies. You are ultimately using your book as a as a marketing tool to leverage into opportunities or relationships or things that you want that are outside of the book. Am I making Mm -hmm. sense,
4: Roy? Yeah, I remember that, and that made sense. Um, That probably doesn't apply to me because I'm older than any of you guys, and I'm interested in getting the message out, which I think will help. There was a message that was taught by um, Stephen Covey and his partner, Hiram Smith, about 30 years ago about core values, and it's, it's died out when they retired. And as of last November, when Hiram Smith died, they both they both passed. And so it's, I would like it read by a bunch of people. I'm in pretty good shape financially, so I'm not looking to make money off of it. I'm just looking to get it read. Yeah. The only thing I could come up with is, I mean, I was a marketer at P&G, but I, that, that doesn't help you at all with book marketing. Uh, I know a lot about marketing, but nothing about book marketing. But I thought maybe I could take part of the book and serialize it on Medium or sites like that to see if I could build an audience. And if I built the, uh, the audience, I could either serialize the whole thing on Medium, at which point they would not have to buy the book, or it would convince them to buy the book. That's, that's so the only you- thing that appealed to me
2: your ideas are potentially legitimate. Here's the thing, like Charlie knows more about marketing than I do, but I want to kind of keep this conversation focused more on what's going to help people who are starting their memoirs. I would point you to that, to that marketing course okay. as a starting
4: point.
0: Okay, uh, good. In 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 addition to that, I mean, I've got a bunch of thoughts on this, Roy, but the, if you want to get the message out there, there's a good book uh, called Contagious by Jonah Berger that is very worth reading in terms of there are certain things that cause a message to spread there are certain characteristics that they share and so if those if those elements are not baked in to your message it won't spread
3: mm-hmm.
0: and so that's it's a much, much longer conversation. Like Hal said, I I don't want to veer too off onto the marketing angle because it's not as relevant for most people, but that is one resource that I would highly recommend uh, that you, you read and absorb before you tackle this because you can do just by burger. Yeah, you can, you can, put your message onto it like the tools are available to all of us right like we have the most dis- amazing distribution tools in, in the existence of humanity at our disposal the question is can you tell the message in such a way that will cause it it's baked in that it will spread and other people will mm-hmm. will consume it and share it with their uh, colleagues and friends so again, much longer conversation. I want to stick to memoirs, but okay. I, I, I appreciate the question, Roy.
4: I don't want to hijack this. Thank you very much.
0: You got it. Thank you Thank for you. being on with us. Somebody, I've seen a couple of questions about
2: title. If you're looking to pull somebody else in on hot seat, let me just speak about titles uh, really quickly, which is frankly, like so many things we've talked about today. Don't worry about it right now. Um, get yourself a working title. It doesn't matter what it is. Just put something down, my story, like whatever you want to call it. The point is, when you have a bad title, and it'll probably be a bad title, and that's fine. It gets your brain starting to work toward finding a good title. And particularly in memoir, but I think this is true in many books, your title will reveal itself in the writing. Like you'll come across a phrase, an idea, a concept, uh, especially in memoir, you might come across a phrase, and you'll see, oh, that's it. Um, I, the very first book I wrote was called *The Falling Season*, and uh, that was literally a phrase someone used in conversation with me that I quoted in the book. And I didn't have that title until I until I'd written most of the book. So, don't stress about your title. Get something bad and simple, and then let the, the kind of the, let your brain just work on it over time.
0: Yeah, *The Four Hour Work Week* uh, was originally titled *Drug Dealing for Fun and Profit*. Yeah, so, I remember hearing. <laughs> So luckily, he changed that. So uh, let's bring on Drew and Dean, a duet. Let's see if this is, uh, oh, it says you are not available, actually, Drew and Dean, because you're using an older version of Zoom. Sorry to call you out on on using an older version of Zoom, but uh, it says that you are unable to talk. So if you want to talk, unfortunately, you got to do a software upgrade.
2: We've been learning so much in this pandemic. <laughs>
0: like, Who knew that Zoom did that to people? All right. So, uh, Rick, Rick, you are on, can you hear us? Yeah. Hey guys. Hey, Hey. um,
5: thank you so much for doing this. This has been an amazing learning experience. Um, I wanted to ask, um, what can you do as um, someone who has not written a ton except for like school and work and emails and things. Um, but what can you do to like improve your style, your communication, um, you know, how do you convey something in, in a more palatable format than like either a really clinical, um, you know, here's what happened at, you know, 1242. Um, and then, you know, versus the other side of like really getting too flowery. That's it.
2: You've been nodding and nodding like you're trying <laughs> to answer this question.
0: Well, I, it's funny because a, uh, a client of mine is a blockchain attorney and he gets into jargon from zero to 60, like in... One second flat. So um, I've had to coach him a bit on this process, and so the the there's a, there's a bunch of things, but the two that come to mind immediately are to have real conversations and record them with people who maybe don't fully understand your topic and and don't have the technical grasp that you have and and you have to speak in as plain of English as possible. So even if you have to talk to your, you know, 13 year old nephew or whatever, like I would strongly encourage that if if your muscle is to dive into that kind of clinical stuff when you sit at the keyboard, get that transcribed using a software like Descript or, or Rev or Temi and then the second thing is, I there's a great book called Words That Work. And it was, I forget who wrote it. Um, Taylor, if you wouldn't mind, please, uh, posting an Amazon link to that book. This guy advises politicians and um, basically, like, simplifies their language and how they need to speak, but it's applicable to writing. So, Hal, I'll let you go from there. I mean, I don't have much to add, honestly.
2: Like I have much more old school advice, which is uh, I use a baseball analogy. Like if you want to be good at baseball, you got to go watch the pros play, which means you got to read a lot, right? You got to swing a lot of balls. Which means You got to write a lot and and, and you got to have a coach, which means you need an editor. Now that's all well and good, but it sounds like it's a, it's a big stone to roll up the hill. I think Charlie's advice, I was going to say the thing I would add is um, just try speaking it. Like rather than writing, uh, try one of these dictation um, uh, apps that we've been talking about and just take, take a half an hour and tell one of your stories as really as authentically as you can and then use that as notes to write from and see if that helps you get out of perhaps that more clinical business style that you're so used to and to just be more authentic because that's what you're reaching for is authenticity.
0: So Rick, was that helpful?
5: Yeah, it was really helpful.
0: Thank you Excellent. guys. Thank you, sir. All right, so Hal, how, how are you doing on time? I don't want to just you go. No, this is my job, man. That's what I do. <laughs> All right, we can go a while longer. Uh, another ten or fifteen minutes if you want. Cool. So um, we'll do Deborah, then Eric, then Leah. And we'll see how we are on time then.
2: We're slowly whittling it down. We're down to like 120. We might outlast them all if we stay here (laughs) long. Right. Deborah,
6: can you hear us? I can. Thank you very much. Um, First of all, I want to tell you thank you. This is absolutely fabulous. I have have a, a very good story that I initially 20 years ago was going to put into a memoir. But after... All the progression from finding my truth and all the changes from, uh, let me back up. Literally, I was given um, a black mark for that I would be living in a brace and sling, drug induced comfort for the rest of my life. And I was able to bypass all of that, even from Mayo Clinic and every, you know, I made it, is what I did. And it's that story. So it's naturally, through leaving Western medicine and going into all alternative it, I was able to find my own truth and walk it live it for the last twenty some years. I'm also a trainer or I was a trainer until now <laughs> and so i'm I'm at a cross between memoir and writing it for business, but i you know or how to where do you start? Do you just write the memoir and let it unfold and take it to the other levels, or what no? You so, Deborah, were you on Monday and Tuesday for yes. these sessions?
2: Okay. Uh huh. I would start there because oh. if you are interested in teaching, and it sounds like you are, your your trainer, and I you may, yeah, I yeah. may, yeah. Then your memoir is going to be a big part of your book because it legitimizes your story, Legitimizes your teaching. It's huge. Right. But the structure that we taught for the, what we're calling the reputation book and we recognize it's not a great description, but it's, it's a knowledge transfer book. That's really the structure that's going to work for you. Okay. I would go back, review those recordings, look at the scribe method, um, and really use our process for finding your audience, defining your avatar Mm -hmm doing all of those steps mm-hmm. and then your story the memoir aspects of the book are what you're going to pull on to support the points you're teaching. Okay.
0: Okay. And it, and it sounds like you you got to get clear on objectives like what are what are you ultimately wanting from this process? And if it's to share your truth great memoir if that is the primary objective but if there are business objectives that are are equal yeah. or higher weight then it's a knowledge transfer.
6: Well it's really to utilize my talents to help others with it, you know, knowing that they can, you know, they then can overcome and, and everything. Yeah. So that's I, why I was foggy between those two lines and I've oh I've done a lot of deep work for twenty six years <laughs> and it feels so good to be on the other side. So Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, you got it, and and trust the process because a lot of people have been through it. And just you know, if if you're uncertain, un <laughs> uncertain, unsure, or uncertain, go back and revisit those sections because mm-hmm. they will be really helpful.
6: Because yeah, I've taken a lot of notes and a lot of journals for many years, and I've just dove deep and deep and deep. So layer after layer, after yeah. it's like, God, can there be any more layers, and then no one pops up. <laughs> so thank you so much. The other question I did have is, if and when I, I want to take an in-person class after we get rid of <laughs> the pandemic that's going on, um, would that just be on the website to, <clears throat> to review that, if there are classes available?
2: Yeah, you can all our services are at scribewriting.com. You can see what we do. We're as Tucker's been saying, we're not trying to sell you anything Right, right. I will reiterate what he said quickly as he was taking off at the end of um this session. Um please in the survey that uh, Charlie's gonna send out, like share us your thoughts. Like if you guys if you want a particular service, you can imagine something you want from us, tell mm-hmm. us. And yes. we get enough interest, we'll create some.
0: And, okay. and, and that survey should automatically pop up when you leave Zoom. Um, but a little, a little uh, mental shortcut that will allow you to uncover like what would be helpful for us is to talk about, okay, now you've been through these workshops. What is the number one pain point or challenge you are going to face in getting your book done? And, and just by sharing that, we'll also, like, even if you don't know, what you want just by sharing that that will help us figure out solutions for you
6: okay well you guys have been great and i look forward to working with you thank you thank you
0: ma'am have a good one all right so next we have eric all right eric can you hear us looks like he's unmuted hello hello all right. I'll disable him. We'll come back to him if, uh, in a few minutes, we have Jason. All right. Jason, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Welcome. Excellent. Where where are you uh, listening from? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. All right. Well, thank you for being on the workshop. How can we help? This is, just
2: before you start, Jason, this is starting to feel like an old-style call-in radio show. <laughs>
0: you're listening to casey casey
2: jason from las vegas
5: welcome to the show so first thing i want to thank you guys for hosting this and just not to take up too much of your time so i'll be kind of brief but if you had to just narrow it down to like the hardest thing that you've seen with authors with their memoirs what, what, what could you do or say to them in order to like have them go over the hurdle or break out of the the ice that prevents them from writing it? What, what what do you see as the biggest thing that they're struggle with?
2: Charlie, well, let's start with your experience. Like, what did you struggle with?
0: Uh, I would say probably there's a, there's a couple of things, uh, and Tucker covered them, but my experience was I hadn't – gone through the emotional work to fully process certain things. So I hadn't done therapy around them. And because of that, I ended up like, if you read, play it away, it's not that long of a book, but it, it was like within a Russian nested doll of another book that I had to cut it out. That makes sense. It was like a giant book. That was, there was so much nonsense in there because I hadn't fully processed a lot. Um, So yeah, like he talked about right from your scars, not from your wounds. I was writing a lot from my wounds still. So there was just so much to unpack. Um, That's, that's the first, that's my personal experience. And that was my first answer before I thought about it for myself is like, you haven't done some form of therapy. Okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, as far as my experience working with other authors goes, um, so first off, most of my work is with people doing, um, uh, I'd say like 80% of my work is with people doing the stuff we were talking about Monday and Tuesday, these more knowledge transfer books. But a lot of those books contain memoir components. And so what I say here should be relevant. And, and the things are um, self-judgment and fear. So okay. uh, what, you know, what we're teaching, like the through lines you see in what we're teaching here are really around trying to get you past those things. So for instance, in memoir, just write for yourself. I see people keep, we've seen questions all day long coming up about, well, what about this? And what about that? And the answer is always just pull it back to your just writing for yourself. Um, and then the self-judgment question is there, they're tied, right? People fear self-judgment, but they also fear other people's judgments.
5: Yes, so, I agree.
2: Well, the self-judgment thing is all around our vomit draft process. Just write, only go forward the um uh it it seems weird to not read over what you've done but it's the way you have to do it it's the way you have to shut your your editor down i heard a story from somebody that i really liked apparently walt disney had this this uh idea that there each of us contains three personas a creator an editor and um like a logistician and okay um when he was trying to get his team to do stuff, what he would tell them is like, "You've got these three inside you. They're all going to get their turn, but they have to take turns. So the now is the creator's time. So um, somebody, let's have some ideas." And then they would brainstorm. Hey, how about if we had this crazy mouse? And he had big ears, and he wore shorts with suspenders. And and someone said, and and then someone would say, "Well, that's ridiculous." And then he'd say, "No, that's the editor. The editor has to wait. The editor can okay. talk later." And okay. then. Same thing then for the executor, like, well, how do I market? How do I publish? You know, for Disney was like, well, how do we show this? We got to figure out how to make a cartoon that came later. And so our process here is really about trying to break those steps out and keep you guys focused on just being the creator, acknowledge your editor, acknowledge your logistician, park them on a bench and tell them you'll come to them later. And if you can do those things and, and, um, with this added layer of, as Charlie was describing it, you may have therapeutic work you need to do in your book, but if you do those things at a minimum, you're going to get a good start.
5: Okay. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Um, thank you for sharing that. So I just take away from that is I'm just the editor. The other individuals come on stage later and you acknowledge them for you're, right now, You're the creator, you're just, creator.
3: Creating.
2: You're just creating. Yep. You're thank not you the editor it. yet.
0: Yes. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's so much, uh, that's that's really well said. And I, that explains my issue while I was working on my book as I was trying to be uh, – when I should have just been creating, I was thinking too far ahead. Ask and me
2: too... how I know. <laughs>
0: to quote someone we both know. Oh, gosh. Um, all right. So let's try Eric again. Eric, can you Hello. hear us? Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you so much. We've been waiting for you.
5: <laughs> I've been trying to get it figured out, and I just swapped <laughs> swapped headsets. Good man. Right. How can we help? Okay, so um, all of this has already been a great help, especially the last two questions. But if we can maybe refine it a little bit more, um, I'm coming to find that I have at least three books in me, especially when I take into account, you know, you can write memoirs from different periods of life as opposed to just writing your whole life in one book. Um, and I also feel like if I do, so I have these three separate books, each one goes in a slightly different angle. And I guess my question is, I'm just looking for maybe a little bit of help on which one to prioritize, which one to set the foundation with.
2: So um, are these all memoirs?
5: They could be, um, I, although at some point I I would like to integrate them some of the topics um, into other instructional knowledge sharing books?
2: There's a phrase I like a lot, which is you can have everything you want, you just can't have it all at once. (laughs) And in this regard, I would say, yeah, you might write three books, but you have to figure out which one you wanna write first. And to do that, I would pull back to some of the framing questions we were talking about, particularly Monday and Monday especially, what, why are you doing this? You know, what's in it for you? What does success look like? Um, and, and if, if that's not working because it's really memoir based, then you'll have answered that question, right? Okay. I really do need to be writing a memoir here. Um, and then I don't know, Charlie, if it, because you've done memoir, I am not, how, how would you address
0: that? If you felt you had several different ways you wanted to come at your life, how would you sort that? Well, so I'm I'm not saying this is the answer, Eric, but as a as a thought exercise, sometimes it can be um, overthinking. So which oh, yeah. one do you feel most strongly about? That which one do you feel most drawn toward right now? At this moment, or at the beginning of the class today? Because, I mean, I you know, mean, I started right at with one,
5: and, and right at this, I I I literally couldn't tell
0: you. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, like I said, I'm not just the tired. Um, um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. So I, I second what Hal said is, you know, take some time to process it and come back to some of the earlier materials and and try and sift through it. Um, in terms of, I, I feel like we touched on this a bit of like, what is the best book you could write right now? I mean, there are there are certain books that if I look back, like I could have written well, that. Was that relative
5: to necessity? Would you say the the best is relative to being in service? What what might be the of the most service in the context of 2020 or? Depends, okay, so you, depends now you're talking on your goals. About,
2: you're talking about external. You're talking about writing for some other, someone else. Now, if we're talking about memoir, we really want to start with you. Okay. Right? Um, okay. the the larger the meta theme here is you have to make decisions right you will have to close some doors at least for a while and there there will be no absolute way to know what's the right choice you'll have to make a choice though and i agree with charlie there's a shit ton that's come down on you guys in the last three days let some of this stuff macerate and um then try something you know, go back to our the documents that we've shared with you guys. Work through some of those exercises. Start journaling, and and at some point, commit to something.
0: Yeah, and in the the mindset that that one person brought up was so good of of just being curious and exploring, and that's a wonderful mindset at the outset. And in like, remove that pressure to mm-hmm. have the definitive answer at this point especially you just went through so much information that yeah. it, it would be incredible if you know some of you definitely know what you want to write about what the book is about but to remove that pressure you don't have to know right now it's totally fine
5: well great you know i'm i'm also feeling i should share this i'm i'm realizing something that um you guys have talked about over the past couple of days and that is that um even though today is the memoir class and I went through the past couple of days of the reputation book, I'm realizing that maybe some of these additional memoirs that have been popping up in the past couple of hours or the potential for them can be converted into reputation books as opposed to making it, you know, three different memoirs. I could still write one memoir, but then have multiple uh, knowledge sharing or reputation books instead
3: and yeah, stack definitely. those
2: appropriately. Tucker said, you know, this is to take the pressure off of having to write the one perfect book. You can write multiple books. This is your first
0: book. Mm
5: -hmm. Yes. Great. Thank you guys so much. Much love. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Eric. All right. So let's do one last question and then we'll we'll call it a wrap. So Harry's got his hand raised. Harry, can you hear us?
7: I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, Yes, sir. How can we All right, help? Well, I guess uh, I'm the last one, huh? <laughs> Make it's it good. Final countdown. Oh, God. I thought the pressure was big enough before <laughs> this, man. <laughs> but, yeah, one final thank you to both of you guys. I've been in this since day one, and um, it's just a real it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you now uh, directly. Thank so, you. So, um, a lot of thoughts have been going through my head these last few days, especially today. And um, the question I wanted to kind of pose to you guys, you talk a lot about fear, and I mean... I've been kind of exploring my fears, my deepest fears, as part of, like, the process of writing this, uh, um, writing this memoir. And my deepest fear kind of relates to some of the things you guys talked about with, like, self-sabotage and self-judgment. You know, I've kind of learned, I've gone on this journey where I've learned that my biggest fear is that I don't matter. I could die tomorrow and nobody would notice. It's like this deep sort of, sort of, you know, just way down in there. And so, I think that what I'm most afraid of is sort of writing this as a method of like catharsis. And that you know, it's that self-judgment, it's that self-sabotage that really is part of your fear that I've gone on this journey to really, this is something I wake up and face every day and I've made immense strides in getting over it. However, it's, it's something I face every day and it relates to that self-judgment that we talked so much about. So I'll, I'll, at the risk of going into too much detail here, i kind of put it back onto you guys. Can you perhaps explore this? these thoughts of mine a little more deeply when it comes to the writing process, when it comes to just, you know, getting out of your own way and, uh, and going in that direction.
2: Wow. That's a wide open question. Um, I'm not sure how much this will help you, but for me, the most powerful thing is just, is, is habit, right? It's giving you know, habit tied with giving yourself permission to write shit right and if you yeah. just do that and just keep doing that then you'll 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 get somewhere um if you and it's a way of taking the pressure off yourself so i, I don't again i'm not sure if i'm going to help you very much with that answer but mm-hmm. that's where i would start is you know journey of 10,000 miles starts with a single step and and so on just just lowering Lower your expectations for what you're going to accomplish and just, just begin. So
0: yeah. uh, Harry, I've got a couple thoughts. Uh, how much have you explored where that narrative comes from?
7: A lot of places. Um, my childhood, mostly I had a very, um, I had a kind of a bully for an older brother. Um, I got a, you know, I got a father that's, that's somewhat domineering. I'm the youngest of my family. I'm used to getting talked over and used to getting um, uh, kind of disregarded uh, from my family's perspective and just, you know, several heartbreaks, several issues with socializing and, um, you know, high level (laughs) introversion for that, for that matter. And and then uh, facing some of my fears when it comes to actually socializing and, and, and believe you know changing my identity about a person whose, whose thoughts and opinions don't matter uh, uh, with things this is all stuff i can go into more detail for i'm trying to keep it as specific as possible
0: no i appreciate that's that kind of
7: yeah for sure that, that's where it all kind of uh, finds its origin well thank
0: you thank you for saying so and have you shared those truths that you just said with anybody else or are, do you mostly keep these to yourself
7: mostly keep them to myself i've shared them with very close friends and that was kind of the process and in, in perhaps getting over it was having the, the courage and the vulnerabilities to um you know what i mean to open up to some to just really i can count on one hand the number of people i've had these kind of conversations with
0: what was their uh, what was their response when you shared those truths
7: it almost felt too heavy for them right like i think they, they were there for me they were there to to listen and to and to uh, absorb it but again it's you know it's not I don't know, how do you respond to that, right? Like, this person is telling me that he doesn't matter, that if he died tomorrow, nobody would notice. This person's saying, well, fuck dude, I would notice. How is that even, you know, uh, practical, right? And so it, it, it definitely wasn't for nothing, but it was a process of of, of for my sake, for, for being vulnerable and opening up and, and being able to take that first step. So... Yeah, That's, it's um,
0: it's it's so hard, even with close friends, to have people who can just hold space, listen, accept, and love you for sharing that. It's they're they're rare. It's a rare breed of people who can do that, right? Even with closest friends. So, um, the the book that, and I believe Hal worked on this book too, uh, but that Philip McKernan wrote. I think is actually a really helpful one yeah. throughout this exercise of yeah. writing your memoir. And it's actually a great, I, have to, I would say a transition into writing the memoir of going to reading that book. It has prompts for sharing your truth. And the core message of that book is your story matters. Exactly. That's
2: Philip's whole point of view. I'm so glad you brought that up. And in fact, everybody who does our one last book, um, uh, class with us which you guys saw a lot of the slides today they read that book first um, and I'll highly recommend that to you Harry that's a great recommendation um, and that sorry, is the,
7: can, you, can you tell me one more time? I'm sorry to cut you off the title was one uh, One, one
0: on. last talk um, and if Taylor's still on if you wouldn't mind posting a link to that that would be great um, it's I've, I've given two one last talks. It, it's it is if you were going to <laughs> perfect example actually if you were going to die tomorrow, yeah. What would you say, and who would you say it to? And it can't be political. It can't be uh, what you think other people should do. Just sharing your truth. Mm-hmm. And I've I delivered my first one to my wife, and we'd been married for years. It was something I'd never told anybody.
7: Yeah.
0: And then I delivered my my second one to scribe to all the people at my company. And I felt like dog shit afterward and felt like I'd been exposed and like I was this yeah. villain initially and this terrible person and got the exact opposite response when people were uh, coming up to me and telling me the exact opposite. So um, I'm curious, like, does anybody relate to what Harry said? Raise your hand you know, because I relate to it, certainly. And in, uh, you can see in the attendee list, there are at least 10, 10 other people who relate to what you said. And so, if nothing else, I would take like, hey, man, you're not alone in this regard. But you do have some next steps in front of you that you can take to to help you work through this.
7: Well, that, uh, that was heavier than I anticipated it to be. Even just uh, opening this up to you to, to, and the remainder of the attendees here, yeah, I was um, a little hesitant to ask this question in the first place because I was afraid of how I'd be able to phrase it. And even right now, I'm kind of short of breath and, and somewhat, you know, even hands are kind of trembling, right? Good. So I'm, I'm already feeling it. And this is why there's a lot of uncertainty, though, in, in perhaps moving this direction. Like, I just lost my job on Monday, right? And so it's like... A lot of stuff going on right now in the world and with, the, I mean, I, I went through this knowing that there'd be a great amount of difficulty in just navigating not just this course but my own miasma of thoughts and and, and issues um, if I were to, to take them on. So thank you for, for working with me and, 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 and staying steady as I try to um, elaborate.
2: Thank you for being brave enough to come on and talk. Um, you voice what a lot of people are thinking in some form and it's really powerful so just here now today you made a huge difference and thank you for that
7: thank you man thank you Bob.
0: charlie seconded in you this is such a huge first step for you i think on this journey so
7: keep walking I appreciate that man and, uh, you know, and charlie i read your book in uh, 2013 whenever it was that it came out I was one of the first people to buy it. I was on your email list, and um, I found a great, a great amount of value was 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 drawn from that book. So it's a, it's a great to have a chance to tell you personally. We've emailed before, but to tell you one on one is uh, it feels great.
0: I was gonna say thank you, thank you, Harry. And I was gonna say I, I recognize this name. But I know? wasn't totally sure. So thank you for hopping on and sharing all that. That was wonderful.
7: Thank you, man. Well that's it for me guys. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna
0: go with that. All right. Go go uh take a walk outside or something yeah, here. I know that was I big. Am. So uh, <laughs> all right. good for you, man. All right. Well, um, thank you so much again to Harry, to everybody who was on in these questions. You guys were awesome, especially everybody who was on for all three days. Man, oh man. Uh good on you guys for going through all this with uh With us. So, Hal, do you have any parting words?
2: I'm really grateful to everybody who's been here the last three days. This was an experiment for us at Scribe. We cooked this up really fast. You should have seen us last week coming up with this. And um, this, I feel, has been a great success for us internally at Scribe. And it's only because you all showed up and participated and done the work. And, and I, sp- I speak for all of us, both those of us who've been on camera and those of us who have been working behind the scenes, we really, really appreciate y'all being here. And and we do this because of you. So thank you. And onward.
0: 100%. This was such a wonderful day uh, for me personally and uh, an awesome way to end it. So thank you guys for hopping on and doing, doing some hot seats. It was super fun. And, um, yeah, everything Hal said, I feel the exact same. So here's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to leave the chat open for the next five to 10 minutes, probably 10 minutes. I'm going to play some, some soft, inspiring memoir music to guide you guys out, exit the threshold, so to speak. And um, yeah, you'll, you'll be hearing from us again. I would highly recommend, again, you subscribe to the YouTube channel that's, there's going to be all these videos. I'm going to edit them. So they're lesson by lesson, nice and easy to go through digest. It's not going to be a seven hour video. It's going to be bite-sized chunks. So, um, yeah, that's it. So thank you guys so much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we all hope to one day read your books. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you found this episode valuable, then definitely check out our free online workshops at scribebookschool.com. During the workshop, we'll teach you our exact step-by-step process for how to write, publish, and market your book. It's totally free and you can watch it right from the comfort of your home. Again, you can sign up at scribebookschool.com. And beyond that, you can support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming on Scribe Book School.